0: This is Indie Business Podcast, Episode 97. Hello, and welcome to Episode 97 of the Indie Business Podcast, brought to you by the Indie Business Network. We offer affordable liability insurance to independent small business owners nationwide. We also provide entrepreneurial training and mentoring to empower our members to achieve a happy life, a profitable business, and a meaningful legacy, something we call the ultimate trifecta. I'm your host, Donna Maria. I am a certified entrepreneur mentor and the founder and CEO of the Indie Business Network. In this episode, I interview Katherine Robinson of Wildwood Aromas in Springfield, Missouri. Catherine started her business after she began making aromatherapy products for people who wanted to use essential oil blends to enhance their daily lives, but didn't have a reputable source to purchase them. She began making products for a small circle of friends and acquaintances, and word began to spread. Catherine quickly realized that she could help more people if she started to sell her products, So she enrolled in formal training, and in 2019, she started her business. While leading Wildwood Aromas is not always easy, it's what Catherine loves to do. Her determination to help as many people as possible with her passion for customizing aromatherapy blends for health and wellness drives her to continue to put on what she calls her big girl panties every day to make it happen. I can't wait for you to hear more about how Catherine works to improve herself and her business through consistently yet gently pushing herself forward. So sit back, relax, and enjoy my interview with Catherine now. You can get a summary for this episode at IndieBusinessNetwork.com forward slash 97. And now let's get right to it with Katherine Robinson of Wildwood Aromas in Springfield, Missouri. Hello, Catherine Robinson from Wildwood Aromas in Springfield, Missouri. Welcome to Indie Business Podcast.
1: Thank you, Donna Maria. I am so thrilled to be here. Well, Catherine, tell us a little bit about how you started this amazing business that you have. I actually started it because I was um, in an MLM, which is a multi-level marketing company for essential oils back in 2014, and I really enjoyed it, but I started having people come to me and say, I would like to use essential oil for this issue. And so I would tell them suggest essential oils and some of them would be happy and they would go away and come back and let me know yes that worked. But a lot of them were like I don't have those oils and I don't want to buy them so can you make this for me? Um sure, I can I can do that. And then I started having their friends and other people coming up saying, "Hey, you made this for so and so and they let me try it and I love it. I need to buy that from you." And I was like, "Um okay. <laughs> so I just started selling it. And then eventually in I think 20, no, 2019, I just started creating my own products and putting them out there to see the interest. And it just started growing from there.
0: So you really didn't go into this with the idea that you would actually start a business. You were just like helping people. Yep,
1: exactly. I was happy to just help people for a long time and then I was I was like, you know what? This could actually be a business and I could actually reach more people and help more people if I would name it and start promoting it. So I, that's how I got started. So before that,
0: though, you had studied like essential oils. Tell us a little bit about how you started even before you started the business. Like you must've been learning about how to use the oils to make things that were like helping yourself first, right?
1: Yes. When I started using essential oils in 2014, um, I am the personality type that is a researcher. So I started digging into and trying to find the whys and the hows behind them. And at that point, it was very confusing on the internet. You had a lot of people, yes, this, no, that, never, ever, always. And I decided to cut through all the noise and just attend uh, um, a school, the Institute for Aromatic Studies, and just get it from, you know, from the horse's mouth, so to speak. I wanted accurate facts that I didn't have to wade through 15 different websites to verify if it was true or not. So I enrolled in the school in 2016 and I, didn't follow through on getting my certification until i decided to turn it into my business i went through it all and i learned everything but i mainly used it as my as a reference library but then when people started wanting to buy my products and i decided to m- turn it into a business that's when i went through and um, actually submitted case studies and took the test and and got my certification and that so was started uh, in out- 2020 2020 So it started out as kind of a
0: hobby, but then when you realized you were going to be selling things, you kind of wanted to have a, like a professional, uh, platform under, under you in order to do that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I didn't have to have it, but I felt better having it. And there are some people out there who you sound more than you are (laughs) if you have that, you know? Mm -hmm. So, okay.
0: So, did you have a job slash do you have a job? Is this like a a business that you do totally without a job? Tell us a little bit about how you were you know supporting yourself when you started versus now.
1: actually, at that point, my husband was my was my job. Um he has a lot of severe health issues. and at that point, he was one hundred percent disabled and told that he would never work again. and he needed a lot of hands-on taking care of, and so I was around for him. But when I started using the oils, it it was easy because I could use them on him. I could help, and it it wasn't um, it didn't take me away from from anything to start adding that into my life. And I now see. at this point, he he actually. Has been removed from the disabled list and has gone back to work, so I was able to jump uh, more into promoting my business.
0: Oh, so now you have you have more freedom to dive even deeper into your business than you did when you started.
1: Yes, yes, I do. And all of my children, I have three children, all of them are grown mm-hmm. So my time is my own, pretty much.
0: Oh, so how does that feel? Like, it sounds like you're moving into like a new phase of life as a result of some of those changes.
1: Well, it's scary, but it's fun, uh, but I don't have an excuse anymore. (laughs) Like, I can't say, well, my husband or my children, I have to, you know, say, oh, well, it's me stopping me. So, you know, you got to get real blunt with yourself sometimes.
0: Oh, it is so interesting that you said that. That's a very interesting phrase. I don't have an excuse anymore. So did did you find yourself sort of um, having a business and, and did you find yourself saying that to yourself sometimes um, as to maybe why the business wasn't doing maybe what you thought it might have done because you had other reasons why it wasn't happening and now you don't have those anymore?
1: Yes, I very much am an introvert and i also had a lot of personal issues from childhood that i needed to deal with i actually saw a coach to help me work through some of those things so that i could allow myself to promote myself and to um be seen and i'm saying be seen with quotation marks you know in the air because that was very very difficult for me so i used my responsibilities at home to Uh, excuse myself from not being everything that I know I could be. And now I don't have that excuse. And it's sometimes some days it's very, very hard to go out and promote myself. But it's something that I really want to do. I want to see where this will go.
0: Catherine, it sounds like it probably takes a lot of courage for you to get up every morning and do that. Because, I mean, I, I know what you mean because you have an online business, right? So you're probably talking a lot about using social media to promote yourself so you can generate sales, right? Yes. And yes. so cur- the word courage comes to my mind to describe that because it's not the first time I've heard someone say that. And I mean, I, I deal with that as well. I, th- I think kind of a lot of people do because it's scary to put yourself out there and say, you know. What, what essentially amounts to buy my stuff, right? <laughs> you know, um, and to be able to have to put your money where your mouth is. So tell us a little bit about that process, Catherine. Like, how do you talk yourself into doing that on a regular basis?
1: <laughs> well, some days it's not easy. And some days the stay all day in the pajamas and don't do anything wins. I, I will admit that but other days it's very much a suck it up buttercup and put your big girl panties on and this is what you want so at the end of the day do you want to look back and say i wasted it when i could have should have done this or do you want to say i only did a little bit but at least i did that much you know so there there are days when it it's hard i'm not i'm not going to lie
0: so it sounds like you you don't put an over crazy amount of pressure on yourself, but you try to um, challenge yourself without putting uh, an amount of pressure on yourself that that could like immobilize you,
1: yeah. if I put too much pressure on myself, then I tend to have several days of staying in the PJs and don't get anything done. So mm-hmm. I allow myself. To make small goals and hit those goals and celebrate and feel really good for hitting those. And consistently hitting small goals leads to larger goals being met, also. You know, that's interesting. I I think I've heard you talk about this. You know, you take a big goal and you break it up into little chunks. Mm -hmm. My chunks may be smaller than other people but I'm still chunking it out and, and doing my best to move forward.
0: Right, right. I've often heard, I think this a quote, and I'm paraphrasing it, is attributed to Martin Luther King Jr. And I'm not really sure if that's the truth, but I've heard it attributed to him is that we don't have to see the entire staircase. We just have to see one step at a time as we walk up the staircase. Yes, I love that. <laughs>
1: I love that a lot.
0: So tell us a little bit about what what would you say are some of the most important goals that you do chunk down into pieces that are are significant for your particular business?
1: Um, First would probably be social media. Like, I love to go on social media and look and see what others are doing. I find that it's harder to translate what I need to be doing so i will set a goal of one story a day or one reel a week or one post a week and some weeks i don't make that but most weeks i try to and then a newsletter i am i love newsletters when i sit down to write them they flow really well but i have a hard time making myself sit down to write them mm-hmm. so that that is something that i have to force myself self to do is to sit down. And, um, I network also, um, and that is going out in person and meeting with people. And some days that is just really hard to get up and do. And other days it's like, yes. And so I just get dressed and go out and have a good time.
0: (laughs) Do you find that you set any sort of general or specific monthly or
1: quarterly sales goals for your business? No, that is something that I still struggle with. I probably should, mm-hmm. um, but each month is a little bit better than the month before, so I'm I'm happy. Uh, well, that's happy. good. Uh, up and to the right is always
0: good. Yes. <laughs> Even
1: if it's up and to the right slightly, right? <laughs> yes, exactly. Like last year wasn't much better than the year before, but it was still better, so I'm golden. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, like 1%. To the right and
0: up is good, like as long as it's not the other way around. But but even if it's the other way around, we can always improve on that, too. So um, that's so interesting that you, that you say that. So um, it, it sounds like it's in uh, it's so consistent with um, how you um, are are always challenging yourself, but just not putting too much pressure on yourself.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I don't function well. I know this about mm-hmm. myself if I put mm-hmm. too much pressure. Hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: So, tell us a little bit about the products that you make. What are what are some of your most popular products?
1: I love to make products to help people. Um, I have some that are just for fun. Those are ones usually that I make for myself. Um, one of them is to lift your mood um, and help with overwhelm, and so I love that. But A couple of my best sellers really are ones that help people who are struggling um, with a problem in their body. So I have a muscle rub. So if you go out and you overwork or overexercise and your muscles are a little tight and unhappy, I have a product for that. Um, If you wake up and your uh, joints are stiff and difficult to move, I have a product for that. I think those two, along with um, a cuticle balm, are my best sellers. And the cuticle balm is like a lip balm. It's the same consistency as a lip balm, but you rub it on your cuticles. And that one came about because I was listening to someone speak. And I find it difficult to sit still and listen. I have to be doing something. And I looked down and I noticed that my cuticles were kind of ragged because, you know, when you make a lot of stuff and you use a lot of sanitizers then your, your cuticles tend to bear the brunt of that. And I just pulled out my lip balm and because that was the only thing I had with me and I used it and I did that for several weeks. And then I thought, Hey, I I should probably turn this into something. So it did. And it's actually one of my best sellers.
0: And Catherine, you also offer some services as well. Tell us about
1: those. I do. I off, I offer um, customized aromatherapy sessions where someone comes to me with a specific problem and we sit and we talk about it. And then I create a product just for them to suit them and in whatever way that they would prefer it. Sometimes that's a roller, sometimes that's a body butter, sometimes it's an inhaler, and then I tell them how to use it. And so it's not something that I carry all the time. It's something just for them. I also offer an aromatherapy foot bath, which has gone over real well for local people where they come in and soak their feet in warm water with some botanicals in it. And I I diffuse essential oils that help them with whatever they're needing help with and then put body butter on their feet, wrap them in a warm towel and, and a weighted blanket, and then just let them relax. Um, I don't think that we tend to give ourselves permission to relax like we should. And so they come to me and they have permission to relax for 20 minutes and they're getting the essential oils and they're feeling really good. And it just really helps them leave ready to face whatever they're going through.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And if I heard your dates correctly earlier, when you were talking about when you um, actually sort of turned your hobby into a business, you actually kind of started this like right before the pandemic, right? Oh, I know. <laughs> <So> <laughs> lot, like my what papers. was that like? You start a business and then everything shuts down. Tell us, like, did you go, oh, wait a second, maybe mm-hmm. I didn't start a business after all. Like, what was
1: that like for you? It was hard. I questioned everything a lot. And then I was like, you know what? I can do aromatherapy consultations through zoom. And so I started offering that. And a lot of people were like, Hey, yeah, I can, I can do that through zoom. And I actually had, um, one of my products go to someone overseas during the pandemic. And I was Mm -hmm. like, this is not going to stop me. So I just, just kept promoting and kept talking about it and just Mm -hmm. wrote it out
0: that is so funny that you say that because I just thought of this like those of us who were in business for years before the pandemic like we had systems in place we had all the things set up and the pandemic hit and everything was like like we had to change everything but someone like you was like like you had just started so you didn't have all the systems you could just go oh I just started last week. There's the pandemic and you could just like spin it around really quickly because you didn't have all the bureaucracy in place. Like you just kind of could go, oh, well, that was interesting. Let me let me see what I can do with this. Like So that that actually, as I'm hearing you talk, may have been an advantage for a new business because everything was already new.
1: Yeah, I didn't have anything to uh, have to rethink. Right. There was no I, infrastructure to break. Yeah. Yeah. I could oh, just interest go right into it. And it didn't yeah. take long to figure it out. So I right, was pretty right. lucky.
0: And it's so funny too because a lot of businesses that had physical requirements, they switched to the, you know, like the Zoom, for example, as you mentioned, and a lot of them haven't gone back. Or now mm-hmm. they charge more they charge more for in-person, like Um, Like therapists, for example, like, it's like, well, it's all on Zoom now. And if you want to meet me in person, you have to pay like $50 more for that. So it's kind of interesting the way the world has changed because, you know, businesses have restructured themselves to accommodate uh, Zoom and to, you know, say, well, it costs me more gas and I have to put shoes and socks and underwear on to meet with you in person. So I'm going to (laughs) charge more now. Right. And you can reach so many more people on Zoom so you can actually structure your business to be more profitable because of the technology, right?
1: Yes, very much so. I do have an office and I Mm -hmm. rented my office during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. um, And I kept that mainly because it was a sanitary, safe place for Mm -hmm. me to create my products. Um, Mm -hmm. I have dogs and they're I have a horror of sitting out a product and somebody saying, well, I found a dog hair in it. So, you know, I do still have my office, but a lot of people, they didn't have to keep their offices. And so that was good for them.
0: Right. So you obviously have a totally separate place where you're manufacturing your products where the dogs are not. Yes, clearly. Yes. OK, yes, of course. So you're good manufacturing practices. And that's obviously something that is very important to your clients and customers, I'm sure. Um, you yeah. You know. So on the on the flip side of the technology thing, though, it's so interesting that because you have a physical location in your local community, you have something to offer your local uh, community members that a virtual business does not. And I really think that because of the pandemic and because of some of the mental health issues and Uh, you know, lack of actual physical touch issues that I hear about in the news lately and the disconnect that's happening in this country, that that is something that is extremely valuable that you can offer that a 100% business cannot.
1: Yes. And I think that's why the foot baths have gone over so well, because it is physical touch and it is being wrapped up and being nurtured and they they feel safe to come. You know, we're very careful. Um, mm-hmm. But I, yeah, mm-hmm. I do think that that is important. And I do think that that has helped.
0: You know, I I think it's going to get even more important as as the world continues down the whatever road you want to call it that we're on, which is I don't even know if I have a word for it. And one of the things that's so interesting, too, is that incredibly, and much to my surprise, although in hindsight, it's not surprising, is that a record number of our Indie Business Network members opened stores during and after the pandemic. Because I think the need for connection in a physical, tangible, in real life way is just unprecedentedly expanding. Is that a word? Unprecedentially? I made it a word. Unprecedentially <laughs> expanding Because technology is absolutely inadequate at supporting our need to be in each other's presence.
1: I would agree with that, definitely.
0: Yeah, I think, yeah, I do. I do. So I'm so excited for you that you have the ability to leverage both types of connections to build your business into the future. Yes. Yeah. So, what are some of the entrepreneurial challenges? Like what is like the one right now that is like high on your list to deal with and overcome as you, as you find yourself moving your business through, you know, through this particular year?
1: Um, For myself, it's just getting out there. You know, I have a website, I have some social media, I go to some networking events, but it is simply getting out there and getting the word out to people every time I think Everybody knows about me. I meet someone who doesn't know anything about me. And I'm like, okay, there's still work for me to do, <laughs> to get out there and promote. Right, right, right. It's it's so funny you
0: say that. I was I was in a phone conversation with someone yesterday and they had they had seen some movie that they thought everyone had seen. And he was like, You haven't seen that movie? I'm like, no. He was like, <laughs> you have not seen that movie? Like, everyone has seen that movie. And I'm like, no, I haven't seen that movie. And it was surprising in a way that you just said, like, you haven't heard of me? Like, I'm everywhere. <laughs> Why have you not heard of me? And it's, it is it is right. You're so funny. It's like a, it's like a constant uh, re- putting the needle on the record, like over and over and over, like pounding the same drum over and over and over again. So that's what you're describing is that, always having that elevator speech ready wherever you go and making sure that you repeat it. Is that what you mean? Like that's the constant challenge that you're describing.
1: Yeah. And you had talked to me one time about how mm-hmm. often to send newsletters because I didn't mm-hmm. want to send them because I didn't want to bother people. And you're like, mm-hmm. no, you have to remind people that you're out mm-hmm. there because people yeah, forget. And and do. that has stuck with me. And so mm-hmm. e- you know, even with my friends and family, they're like, mm-hmm. "Oh, you're still doing that?" Uh, mm-hmm. Yes, I am.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Are you still going to
1: work? Like, do you still have a job? <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> it's the same thing, right? Because you still have to eat, right? Yeah. And and you still have to do what you love. Like, we we still have to be productive in our lives. And so, it sounds like to me, your business crosses all those T's for you. Like, you enjoy it. It it generates income and it keeps you it keeps you occupied, obviously, and it gets you out in your community. It serves that purpose as well.
1: Yes. And my whole entire life, I was always the one that any of the family or close friends would call when they needed help. You know, call Catherine, she'll help. Call Catherine, mm-hmm. she'll help. Mm-hmm. And then this moves into that because I help so many more people in a much easier way. You know, I'm not having to go sit by their bedside or or haul them back and forth to doctors' offices, but I'm still helping them and that fulfills me so much. Mhm.
0: Mhm. Yeah. Yeah. That that sounds and, and and when you can combine those two things together, whether you have a business or a job that you love, it's it's really a blessing because not everybody has both some people have a job that pays all the bills but they don't have a job they love some people have a business that pays all the bills but they don't have a business they love some people have a job or a business they love but it doesn't pay as well as they'd like so when you when you can have both or you have you have one or the other but you can see that you are working your way toward having both it's it's very fulfilling and it it's a real it's a real blessing and something to be thankful for. You think?
1: Yes, absolutely. I definitely agree to that. So, Catherine, how what are the
0: what are the methods or systems and strategies that you use that are working for you now that produce the bulk of your sales? Like, is it wholesale or is it direct to consumer through newsletter and social media or physical networking? What are What are the things that are working for you right now?
1: Well, I have moved a little bit into wholesale. That came by a fluke, though. I am friends with an esthetician, and she said, hey, I need you to create something for me. So that worked for her and kind of expanded into a couple of others. And then a lot of it is networking. Um, I live in Springfield, Missouri, which... I do believe it's got to be the networking capital of the United States. I don't even know how many networking groups there are here in Marshfield. Um, I belong to three of them that I go to consistently. And that helps because it gets me in front of people who know me, who buy from me sometimes, or even if they don't buy from me, they can still recommend me to others. And so my business has grown by word of mouth a lot. And that has been very nice. Um, social media, not so much because like I said, I, I struggle with being consistent though. I'm getting better at that, but newsletters help. It's pretty rare for me to send a newsletter out and not get some either an order or questions that lead to an order back. So, you know, being out in public, (laughs) word of mouth (laughs) and newsletters.
0: (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. This is probably a total overstatement, but I did hear someone say that when you send a newsletter out, it's like printing money.
1: Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Again, it's an overstate.
0: <laughs> it's, an, it's a total overstatement. However, you did just say that whenever you send a newsletter out, it's rare that you don't get a sale or, or at least some sales from that newsletter.
1: Yeah. I mean, it may not come right away,
0: but mm-hmm. I know
1: that that newsletter is what eventually leads to the sale.
0: Mhm. Mm-hmm. And so, how often do you send out newsletters generally speaking?
1: Oh, you're gonna put me on the spot, aren't you? <laughs> yes, I am,
0: mm-hmm. yeah, um, I, am. I, I because you said you get sales from them, so I want our listeners
1: to have an idea of how often you do it. When I'm on top of it, mm-hmm. I send them out every couple of weeks when oh, I'm nice. not, okay? When I'm not, I send them out mm-hmm. every couple of months. Okay. Okay.
0: So, so if you do it when you're on top of it, that's bi-monthly. So that's every two weeks, about every 14 days. And so if that, that's only one avenue of your marketing though. So every two weeks, one avenue of marketing generates sales. It's not your only avenue though. So as you put all your pieces together, that's one way that you know, you're going to get sales twice a month.
1: Yeah. Though uh, uh, honestly, it's pr- probably more like every three weeks. Uh, okay, two weeks okay, doesn't always work okay, okay. it's it's um, a goal, I, I, yeah, yeah.
0: well, and you know the the thing is is that um you have a system that may not be perfectly executed, but it's executed. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like um, nothing is perfect. Right. Nothing is perfect, but you have you have a framework that. you Yes.
1: And I haven't given up on it. I haven't said, Mm -hmm. oh, it's been so long. I just Mm -hmm. I just need to not ever send another one out. Mm -hmm. No, I still keep working on it. I still keep Mm -hmm. trying.
0: Well, kudos to you, because everything's a work in progress at the end of the day anyway.
1: Yeah. Well, good for you. Good
0: for you. Um, and what do you use for your newsletter? Do you have a service that you like to use?
1: I was using MailChimp, but I'm in mm-hmm. the process of switching over to MailerLite. Okay. I think I'll like it better.
0: And what, what do you think you'll like? I mean, MailChimp is is, is a system that's been around for a while. Um, do you have certain things that you think you're going to like better about MailerLite that MailChimp doesn't have for you?
1: I, I just think it's going to be easier. And I mm. haven't dug into it that well, but I've had a lot of close friends and business friends um, tell me that they switched to Light and they really like it. They find Mm it um, more intuitive, not quite so much head scratching. Right,
0: right. Well, easier is always good, isn't it?
1: Yes. (laughs) Right. The simpler, the better.
0: Because, you know, I was thinking the other day, like I made made a list of all the things that entrepreneurs do, um, especially when we do it without any help. And I know you you probably have some sort of help in your business, even if it's not all the time. Um, you know, we do so many things, so many things. So the simpler we can make it the better. And speaking of help, um, do you hire help? Do you hire help on a, a, you know, do you have like virtual help or do you just contract assistance when you need it? How do you get assistance of any kind in, in your business when you need it or if you ever need it?
1: I've been very, very lucky in that any help that I need, my family comes through. Oh, good. So my daughter is older and, um, she's really good at like going to vendor shows with me or networking events with me and, and helping me and giving me strength. Um, she promotes me and then my youngest son, uh, is 21 and he's really good about being my physical person. Hey, I need help shifting this. Come, come help me do this. Come help me do that. You know? So I've, I've been very lucky to have them help me.
0: That's so great. We were talking the other day in our, um, in our member maker Monday Q and a, one of our members had a question about how to encourage your family members to provide some sort of help and assistance in your business, because with with an entrepreneur, it's really your dream, right? It's your it's your mm-hmm. thing. It's not their yeah. thing. And so, I would love to like pose that question to you. Like in your experience, do you have any tips or tricks or ideas to encourage family members to to be helpful, without like feeling like got to force them or beat them over the head, right? To help you, because let's, let's face it, like I have family members too, right? And, you know, asking a family member to take the dishes out of the dishwasher or do their regular family chores is different from asking them to go to the post office for your business, right? It can oh, be different. Yeah. So do, do you have any tips or ideas to encourage or, um, you know, positively influence that kind of help? for the business as opposed to the way we might do it as as parents or as moms for, you know, a household type help.
1: Well, I think it does help that my children are older. Now my son was I think he was 12 when I started getting into the essential oils and and so he would like fuss, you know, teenagers, mm-hmm. they do this. And mm-hmm. and my consistent reply was I support You and what you want to do. Mm -hmm. I want you to support me in what I need to do. So Mm -hmm. that's the way this family works. I help Mm -hmm. you. You help me. It's this Mm -hmm. is just the way it is. Mm -hmm. And I didn't allow for anything else. But my kids were kind of easy to raise. So I have to, Mm -hmm. you know, if you have more difficult children, Mm -hmm. but mine were always pretty rational and pretty logical Mm -hmm. and pretty easygoing. So I could say, this is what needs to be done we're mm-hmm. a family this is the way it works mm. and and they would might fuss. they might still fuss, but mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. but then also you know i'm not above bribery mm-hmm. you 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 want to eat at mcdonald's okay sure help me do this I'll run through the drive-through you know mm-hmm. or my daughter mm-hmm. she wants to be paid in starbucks
0: no mm-hmm. mm-hmm. so, mm-hmm. you know <laughs> right right yeah well, that, that's a that's a good that's a good way to put it, and you make such a good point about how every every child is different, and every fi- family dynamic is different too. So you can't really answer that question in a vacuum. But that was a good a good tip to you know. I support you. Like I did just uh, like you know I don't know maybe you know pay your car note or something. Right? You could yeah. You could uh, come over here and empty this box, which would take you about ten minutes. But. Um, yeah. That's a good, that's a really good point. So Catherine, what what is on the horizon for Wildwood Aromas as we kind of wrap things up? What do you see coming down the pike over the next five years or so for your business?
1: I'm going to start working more on promoting uh, my website. I'm in the process of making it function better. It works really well and I like it, but I don't love it. So the Mm -hmm. last Six weeks, I've been really working on redoing it so that I feel like it flows better, so that I can be happier and more comfortable about sending people to it. So Mm -hmm. that's it. I just, I just want to grow. I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm older. I, Mm -hmm. I'm 54 years old, but I've still got, you know, 20 years in me. I don't know that I've got 20 years that I want to be in this business, but the next five years, definitely for sure. And I wanted Mm -hmm. to be, Very successful.
0: Mm -hmm. I want to help Mm -hmm. so
1: many people. Mm -hmm. Good. That sounds very exciting.
0: We're looking forward to seeing it. And what do you think, like, as you look over the horizon as well for some of our listeners, what do you see coming for small and independently owned artisan businesses in the future? Like, as you look out and, you know, see the economy and local businesses flourishing and so forth, there's so many more of them that are starting and growing?
1: What do do you see coming up for us? I hope that it continues with the smaller businesses. I love seeing people fulfill their dreams and having their own business. And I fully believe that it will continue to grow. I want people to understand that there's plenty of customers out there for everyone. I would like to not see a lot of jealous competitor competitiveness mm. come out i mean let's be competitive you always want to bring your a game mm-hmm. right but you don't need to tear someone else down to promote yourself so i i'm not seeing a whole lot of that i would like to see that continue where we help mm-hmm. each other mm-hmm. we, we mm-hmm. work together we promote each other and we understand and that you may be another aromatherapist but what your clients look for from you you may not be what they look for from me. And they can buy from both of us and it works great for everybody. You know, that I just want the community, the small business community, I see that as getting better and better.
0: Oh, good. And that's so promising as well, too, because um the more we collaborate together, the better off we all are. The the pie is big enough for everyone. In fact, the pie oh, yes. is the pie is bigger than all of us can eat, actually, if you think about it. Oh, yeah. It. Um, yeah. So and working together and sharing resources is definitely better than um, hoarding them um, because you can't really hoard them at all anyway. Right. <laughs> There's right. No way that's even possible. Well, thank you for that. Um, that bright, um, that bright uh, future. Look into the future, Catherine. We really appreciate it. And as we as we come to a close, tell us where should we go? to find your products and where is the best place to go if we're on social media to follow you
1: i'm working more on instagram for social media it's goes to my facebook page too but i'm actually uh, doing more on instagram and so that is simply wildwood aromas and then my website is wildwoodaromas.com okay excellent all right, you heard it
0: here, everyone. Instagram.com forward slash wildwood aromas and wildwoodaromas.com to get your aromatherapy products. And she has several in stock, but she will also customize for you, right, Catherine?
1: Yes. Yes. I Excellent. have several clients who can use one thing or another, and I'll mm-hmm. make a product and I'll make one just for them without what they can't have. So, yeah, not a problem.
0: And if you're in the Springfield, Missouri area, make sure you check her out for some in-person appointments and also one of those foot baths, because who among us cannot use that, right? We definitely need to get some good pampering in because our feet carry us very far and we need to take care of them. Catherine, thank you so much for joining us on Indie Business Podcast today.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I, I love Indie Business Network and I'm so thrilled to be here.
0: Well, we certainly consider it an honor and a privilege to serve you. Thanks for joining us, everyone. We'll see you next time. Well, I hope this episode of the Indie Business Podcast left you inspired, motivated, and excited about the future of your independent small business and your life. Let's quickly review three of the most significant business insights Katherine and I discussed today. First, suck it up buttercup. As a self-described introvert, Catherine says she struggles to use social media to promote her business and put herself out there. At one point, she hired a coach to help her work through some personal issues so she could develop the confidence she felt she needed to meet this challenge. As Catherine shared in this episode, it's so easy to hide behind seemingly legitimate excuses to not be everything we can be. I am so inspired by her determination to suck it up, as she says, and overcome every limiting belief by doing the hard work to reach her full potential as the founder and leader of the Wildwood Aromas brand. Second, newsletters produce sales. Catherine so transparently shared that publishing newsletters on a consistent basis is a challenge, but when she does it, she is always rewarded with either immediate sales or feedback that eventually leads to sales. It is so rewarding to be able to trace our efforts directly to cash in our pockets, right? Newsletters nurture relationships and create sales opportunities. In nearly a quarter of a century of coaching and mentoring small business owners, I have never once come across anyone who can dispute that with any credibility. And Catherine's experience certainly bears this out. And third, chunk it down. Catherine reminds us that any goal is achievable when you break it down into bite sized pieces and chunk it into chunks. Allow yourself to achieve small goals, she says, and then allow yourself to really feel good about that. Consistently hitting small goals leads to consistently achieving larger goals. And while your goals may be smaller than other people's goals, Stay focused on the fact that you are hitting your own goals and moving yourself forward. What matters is what you are doing and what progress you are making, not what anyone else is doing. That is such an important reminder. And no matter how many years I'm in business, I cannot ever get enough confirmation of how important it is to keep my eyes on my own paper. Well, I hope you enjoyed this conversation. And we'll subscribe to the Indie Business Podcast so you can continue to be inspired by exciting stories of independent small business owners across the nation. For more information on how we can help you achieve the ultimate trifecta of a happy life, a profitable business, and a meaningful legacy, check us out at IndieBusinessNetwork.com and follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Indie Business. See you next time.